This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of It's Worth Living. We'd like to again uh, thank you all for tuning in to It's Worth Living. Uh, we would like to start this episode um, on a different tone. As we um, enter into the month of November, we know next week is um, Thanksgiving. Um, it's so important to be thankful, you know, thankful for life. Thank you for family and friends. Um, and just thank you for just um, being. Um, oftentimes we don't, we don't discuss that enough. We don't um, emphasize the importance of thankfulness. And so um, one of the areas um, that we wanted to touch bases on is our young. We know that um, there's a mission for our young generation and there's a purpose for them being here. And um, when that purpose is um, being fulfilled, it makes a difference in their lives, especially at a young age. And so um, this episode, um, we wanted to focus on being thankful for um, just our educators. And um, we have a special guest tonight um, that is um, dear to my heart. Um, and I, I, you know, over the years, um, she's, um, been very uh, generous with her time, but also most importantly, finding her purpose in reaching out to the young. And when I say young, we start off from young. We know that, um, well, I know working in the school system, it's so important um, to reach our young, our, our, our children from a young age so they have a desire and a yearning um, to learn and to um, find out what it is that they have a passion for. And so um, our guest tonight um, in this episode has that desire and her desires to constantly look um, and helping our um, children and um, their families um, in helping their children find their purpose. And so we have um, our sister, um, Carlene Carlisar, who's on tonight. Um, we're grateful that she's on. We know that she has a busy schedule not only working with her, you know, with, with the young, but she also has to take time for her family and for herself. But we truly appreciate her being here. And um, we thank you for, we, we thank her for what she does and what she continues to do. And so we wanted to get in um, just to welcome um, you on our episode, Carly. And um, just talk to us a little bit about who you are and um, what is your purpose and the mission in what you're doing in the field of education. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful and thankful to be on here today, joining you in this uh, discussion, this podcast, uh, this episode. Um, well, I'm, I've been in education for a little bit over 20 years. I can't believe I'm actually mm -hmm. saying that, <laughs> um, but a little bit over 20 years, I've been an educator I've taught everything from preschool to uh, fourth grade and everything in between. So um, with that many years uh, in education, um, I've just about seen, worked with <laughs> just about every uh, administrator you can, personality you can think of, uh, staff and, and so on and so forth, but I, have a I have I have always had a desire when I went into when I decided to be an educator I knew that I wanted to of course touch the lives of 
children and make a difference and all those things. But the more I saw um, being in schools, especially for our um, children, uh, predominantly those black schools, Title I schools, I, I, I said there has to be more than just what, you know, what's provided. And so I've always wanted to do my own thing, own my own school, create a program that is stellar academically, but also creates an environment where there's true partnership in education. Mm. And so I have, um, with that desire, of course, comes, you know, the fear of possibly it not working out or me not being able to um, to do as I've dreamed for a very long time. And so, you know, um, I'm just so grateful and so happy that uh, God has afforded me that opportunity to be able to own my own space, my own school, um, and create that space for children to learn and to set them up for success, essentially. Wow, that is, that is very uh, uplifting, I have to say. Now, the thing is I always give props to those who choose to teach at those levels, but I never really, uh, you know, I, I don't know, I'm a very patient person, which is interesting, but I just don't, know if I have it in me to teach smaller kids because mm -hmm. they're so fragile at that age and you know you sort of need certain um you know a certain je ne sais quoi in order to really get them interested and actually wanting and loving learning that's really where all that starts um mm -hmm. what exactly do you what philosophy do you apply do you, in order to really approach the whole situation as okay how do I uh, help this kid and not hurt them for their future especially mm -hmm. when it comes to you know how they can be a success to society or some of the worst case scenarios mm -hmm. that's a really good question so I didn't I forgot to mention that even though I've taught um, everything from preschool to about fourth grade fifth fourth grade I um love preschool. Preschool is my jam. That's where I feel that's where it's at. Um, being able to be to be afforded the opportunity of being able to to mold minds at such a young age, that's I get so much excitement <laughs> and so much uh, life um, because realizing that once you once you have uh, once a child has a strong foundation that Anything after that is just building, right? Um, and so knowing the importance of having that found, strong foundation is one of the reasons why I, why I feel like preschool is my passion, is where I really enjoy and where I thrive. Now, in terms of my philosophy, you know, I, I think I'm not one philosophy, like I'm not particular to one philosophy. I feel like I pull from just about every philosophy. Um, uh, take a little bit of this and take a little bit of that. I do believe in the traditional um, way of schooling, um, but I feel like it has its it, it has its purpose. And usually for that young age, uh, having them sit at a desk, sitting with sitting down with pen and paper is not something I feel is age appropriate. So 
kids at that age, they learn through their senses, right? And so having hands-on activities, having them learn through those senses, and I believe in having children learn through play. So a lot of times when people walk into a preschool classroom, a true preschool classroom, they're often concerned, concerned by the fact that it just looks like children are playing all day. But when it's done right, uh, children are actually learning as they play, right? So they can be in a, in a particular center. Um, say for instance, the dramatic play center, they're learning so many skills in that one area in that one center. And also learning through a thematic unit. Um, also, it's a great way to um, allow children to experience the world through their senses, through a theme, right? Um, I think when we talk about education, a lot of people often say, man, you have a lot of patience. Like, I can't do what you do. Like, little people, I cannot do. I definitely think that God called certain people to do certain things. I cannot teach high school. I will. I refuse to teach high school because I just know that's not my jam. That's not just something that I am just innately passionate about it, about preschoolers the little people oh my gosh I don't know if you can hear the excitement in my voice but that is where it's at for me yeah. awesome you know I don't know if we mentioned earlier um the name of your school but for those that are um interested who are, who are saying well we we hear we hear uh, Carlene and we hear what she's saying but what's the name of the school it's actually called Think Big <laughs> Academy Think yes. Big Academy yes. and one thing I read about is your mission you know it's to cultivate you know a passion for learning and exploring by assisting children you know in their unique way of learning by mm -hmm. being creative and innovating um, mm -hmm. innovating and so the cool thing about it is you know you share that having different areas in the school where they can go in and they don't only we don't use that um standard way of sitting at the desk using pen and you know but mm -hmm. it's opening their minds using their mm -hmm. senses because even at that age like you said it's, it's visual mm -hmm. you know they, they feel it and see it and the mm -hmm. cool thing about it too is what you shared is your passion because mm -hmm. children know they once they walk into the classroom mm -hmm. they know if my teacher really enjoys what they're doing mm -hmm. you know so when you say that I, I was just thinking to myself um you know sometimes you walk into a classroom I remember when I did my internship um at an elementary school and I walked into a class it was kindergarten and mm -hmm. I think I can't remember what song I don't know if it was Barney so mm -hmm. I started singing it too so they all looked at me looked at me up and down like I hate all this song mm -hmm. but the thing is children enjoy like they know when you mm -hmm. take the time to um as you said cultivate um have fun but also reminding them that um in having fun you can learn Mm -hmm. um, a big difference and mm -hmm. so as you said with high school I think if the, the approach that you're taking if many um, mm -hmm. children many students had that same opportunity from a young age um, mm -hmm. not only would they be thankful but I think that education would be so much different mm -hmm. you know because mm -hmm. we have a certain standard right Pete and, and Carlene there's always a certain standard that is oh well we put you in this box this is what you're gonna mm -hmm. this is what you're gonna learn and mm -hmm. that, that's it so you don't, you don't have time, especially now. Everything is, you know, data driven. Everything mm -hmm. is data driven. Mm -hmm. and so children don't necessarily have the time to really cultivate and find out what their strengths are. Mm -hmm. So I, that's why I'm grateful 
for Think Big Academy because you're giving mm -hmm. children um, the opportunity to not only grow and learn, but they're able to find out what their strengths are. And even okay. in those areas, I don't like to call it weaknesses, but even in those areas where they're not necessarily um, strong, they can find ways to um, better those areas by using some of the strength that they have. Correct, correct. You know, in education, right, we have a public school and, and some private schools as well, mm -hmm. we have this um, one size fits all mentality, right? Where you walk into a class and a child may be an auditory learner or a visual learner, but unfortunately, the educational system does not speak to that one particular way that child learns, right? As, te as a teacher, you're taught, teach this thing, try to see maybe they may be able to master it, but even if they don't master it, you're going on to the next concept, right? And so those children that are probably like auditory learners and and the teachers teaching them in a visual way, they completely missed it, right? They completely missed the lesson and, and missed that point or whatever it was that they were learning. And so it's like this constant, okay, we are teaching you whatever it is we need to teach you. And then whatever falls, whatever you catch, you catch, whatever you don't, you don't. And so being able to tailor a child's education, I mean, sign me up where I can find a place for my children where it can be where the teacher understands my child so much so that they're speaking specifically to their, their strengths, their glows and their grows, right? And so mm -hmm. that is one of the pinnacles of my uh, philosophy in, or, or my, uh, in my school is that the education, whatever it is that they're doing, the lessons are tailored to the children to the way that they learn so that they can, I can set them up for success, right? Children deserve that, especially at this foundational age. Say, Ed, I have a couple of friends and family looking for a therapist. Um, do you know anybody? I actually do. Have you heard of uh, BetterHelp? No, I haven't. Well, BetterHelp is the largest therapy platform worldwide. They change the way people get help with facing life challenges by providing convenient and affordable access to a licensed therapist. BetterHelp also makes professional therapy available anytime, anywhere, through a computer, tablet, or smartphone. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. How do I get a hold of these guys? If you have a smart device, all you have to do is type in www.betterhelp.com forward slash it's worth living. Again, www.betterhelp.com forward slash it's worth living. And if you use that link, you get an additional 10% discount. Oh, wow. That's that's pretty good. I mean, a discount and great services, I'm down for that. So you yep. say www.betterhelp.com forward slash it's worth living. All right. I got it. Thanks. No problem. To be a, a good teacher, especially at that level, do you have to like kids? Absolutely. You have to <laughs> love it. Absolutely. Do, do you believe that somebody can be a good teacher at, at that age and not necessarily care for the kids? Because I've, I've met a lot of um, 
teachers who are into their, let's say, five, 10 years, uh, 10 years of, of teaching since they've been teaching. And I guess they went in thinking that they love children mm -hmm. and then realized, yeah, this is not fun, but it still stick to it because either they're good at it or they're a good teacher or mm -hmm. they, you know, they just don't want to take the risk of leaving their career. What would you say to those uh, to those teachers out there who are like that? I don't know. I, I feel like <laughs> this isn't a career, right? Mm. Where there is a lot of compensation, right? <laughs> teachers are underpaid. <laughs> um, so you're underpaid and you have so many stressors with having to provide uh, data, right? Everything mm -hmm. is data driven where um, if you don't, if your child doesn't meet this benchmark per se, right? That you can, there's just so much stress. And so in my mm -hmm. brain, like, why would you want to <laughs> endure this stress? If it's, it has to be more than just, I like it. It has to be. And, and I think that it will tell in the way that you teach and present. I do think that there are some people who are just naturally gifted with teaching, right? But that true passion goes a little bit further in being able to not just teach, but to also change the lives and see the importance of the changing of life. I don't know. I, I, I mean, to each his own. And I can't judge someone based on, you know, they may be just doing this because this is all they, they can do for right now. Um, but I think it, it, it's, um, it's, I feel who will feel it the most are the children. They will feel your lackluster in terms of your passion as you are teaching them, right? I feel like the children will benefit more from individuals who truly, truly have has a passion to uh, help children to set them up for success. So with your school now, Carlene, um, what age range um, are your children or, or, or what are the children that attend your school? From what age can they begin and at and, and what age um, do they graduate for? Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, so preschool. So I currently uh, have children enrolled from two to four years old. Okay. From two to four. You know, yeah. one thing I, I do um, appreciate about your school too and um, I think it's so important where we have um, small groups. When I say small, like the ratio is, um, and even probably at certain schools where the ratio is 23 to one, 23 mm -hmm. students to one teacher. Mm -hmm. When it's smaller, I think teachers have the opportunity to really take the time to dissect, to analyze, to observe um, each student in their classroom. And Absolutely. again, see the areas that they're strong in, whether it's visual or auditory. Um, mm -hmm. And, and help those students in those areas, mm -hmm. you know, develop and to, to enjoy learning and mm -hmm. to, to also um, express when they do leave Think Big Academy and they go on to um, the next, you know, schooling, that they're able to express that, or the parents also have that opportunity because I don't think, you know, parents, um, not everyone knows um, what that is for their children. You know, oftentimes, mm -hmm. it's just, you know, they go to school, or you know, there's a meeting and they'll say, well, your child is X, Y, Z. And mm -hmm. the parents don't necessarily know what direction to take. They're just like, okay, what mm -hmm. do I do next? But mm -hmm. I think with Think Big Academy, um, when parents are able to hear from you and, and, and you can say, well, you know, um, Jay is, this is, these, these are some of the areas 
um, that he's, you know, that, that, that we find that he works better at, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, mm-hmm. and he'll learn better in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily saying, well, he's not, you know, he's not doing well, but saying, you know, this is his strengths. These mm-hmm. are some areas that will help him. I think it makes a big difference. Absolutely. So, you, so do you feel the same way? Absolutely. I mean, I remember when I first, um, at, during my enrollment uh, week, I had a parent come to me and she was going to enroll her two children in a public preschool. And one of her concerns was she feels as though they will get lost. If, mm-hmm. you know, the average class size is from 18 to about 20, 22 kids in a classroom. So she, her concern was, I feel as though if I enroll them in that school, the public preschool, they will get lost. And mm-hmm. so that's why she enrolled her students, her children in, in the school because she knew of the small um, class size, right? Um, and so with the small class size, you have the, um, I would say the, it's a benefit for me to be able to, to, to speak and work one-on-one with those students, right? Where I'm not overwhelmed with 50 kids. I've had 23 kids in a classroom before. And let mm. me tell you, that thing is no joke. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there, is, there are so much benefits for sure for a small class size because I'm able to really tailor and also work one-on-one with those children. Now with being uh, at, with beginning this entire school, owning my own school, one of the things I also, one of the important things I also wanted to do was focus on parents, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times in schools, there isn't true partnership with parent, uh, with home and school. Parents are overwhelmed, teachers are overwhelmed, and somehow, some way, sometimes there's miscommunication or there's just no communication at all. But one of the things that um, I truly, truly believe in is true partnership between home and school. So that when, um, so that as I'm teaching their children, they're coming along on the journey as well. I'm not leaving them out. They know exactly where their child is, what things I'm working on so that I can be able to not only grow their child, but also grow their parent as, as parents, right? Where it's not mm-hmm. this hands off, but it's this hands-on approach to their child education. So when, as you said, when they're ready to transition to public school or to wherever they go, that they'll be able to know like, hey, this is this was the expectation, right? When I was in, when they were in preschool and mm-hmm. I'm hoping that you will continue the very same thing where you're keeping me abreast to my child's um, uh, success and all that good stuff. So I definitely believe that parents are more equipped now being able that they get that conversation with me. We talk about their children and we are able to come up even with a plan. Okay, this is what we can do at home. And it sometimes branches out to not even educational stuff. It could be social, emotional things, things that they're dealing with at home, right? that we're able to walk through. Some parents are struggling, like, I don't know what to do in this particular situation. I may not have all the answers, but we're coming together to work for the benefit of the child. Awesome. awesome. That's really interesting. The, you, made, you made two points, which is two questions I had in my head to ask. Uh-huh. You, you touched on both of them. But, 
just a, a little addition to the parents um, mm -hmm. because some parents if if they're they, they stay out of the process uh, mm -hmm. of the teaching of the child the growth mm -hmm. of the child educationally some some parents are surprised later on when they find out their mm -hmm. kid can't do this or can't do that or couldn't do this or have an issue when they have to do certain things because mm -hmm. they were either absent or they weren't given the opportunity to really share the experience that the teacher was because mm -hmm. you can go to a meeting and the teacher is telling you about your child it should be more like uh, okay this is how my kid is at school this is what they achieve it should be oh really my, my kid can do this because then you become more it's like you learning about your own kid when in reality you could it could have been a, something that you both were learning simultaneously the teachers doing mm -hmm. this you found out how your kid did and that's great okay let's move forward so it's sort of um, sort of uh, that, that was the first thing I was going to ask but you basically covered that the next question I was going to talk about is the social emotional growth um, mm -hmm. I was going to ask how do you incorporate that in the lessons you, you touched on that a little bit I don't know if you wanted to add a little more on that Absolutely. So going back to what you were talking about with parents, as, as you were talking, something else came to mind. Children are most successful when both home and school are working in tandem. Mm -hmm. They are most successful when parents are working with teachers and teachers are working with parents, as well as I think a lot of times parents and me included, because I'm a mom of two, um, and I have children in the public school. And so one of the things that actually my husband had to remind me, even as an educator, is I cannot depend on a school, a school system. I don't, I cannot depend on a school to just fully be responsible for educating my child. Mm -hmm. The responsibility has to be shared, right? Mm -hmm. You cannot expect the school to teach your child everything right and and vice versa i just feel like sometimes parents me included i'm guilty of this is <laughs> i'm just going to put my child in the school and hope that somehow some way they come out to be successful right and as yeah. again this hands off kind of mentality and i think that it really needs to change there needs to be a shift because we are only hurting the children as a result um, so that's why I wanted to, to just sneak in there um, as you were just, as you were talking about it. But with regards to the social emotional skills development, um, there are definitely, I don't want to say standards, but there are definitely, um, I don't want to say teaks either, but there are different um, uh, stages of development for children that young and what what's, what's uh, I don't wanna say normal, but what is probably, um, what's probably something that uh, most at, at this age they're supposed to be doing on a social emotional level. So social emotional is, it, especially with, at this age, it is definitely something that's paramount, looking to see how children are playing. Are they parallel playing? Are they playing by themselves? You know, mm -hmm. how are they engaging? How are they talking to their peers? Um, do they initiate uh, uh, play and all those things? So all of that is included into the curriculum as well as um, as a preschool teacher. I'm not just looking at their um, intellectual development. I'm looking at, we call it the pies, the physical, the intellectual, 
the emotional and the social as well. So all my lessons are speaking specifically to those um, those areas of development. So with Think Big Academy, Carleen, mm -hmm. is it is it only in person, or do you also have virtual um, 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 classes? So <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm chuckling because I'm trying to figure out how to answer that question. Okay. So this year, my very first year, I do have a online student, one online student, okay. and the most, the majority of them are in person. Mm -hmm. um, the online student is amazing. I've had him since my summer reading program, and um, his mom just wanted to continue the journey, continue the flow and the growth, um, and so... I just, I do have one student. Do I plan on having a, a online option for those students that are probably in other states? Possibly, it depends on the scheduling and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, so right now we are doing both virtual and in-person. That's awesome. So you hear that to all listeners, mm -hmm. you are interested. You know, we have no excuse, right? We can't say, but we're not in the same state. Um, but um, that, that's, that, 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 that is definitely awesome. Um, so in your, within um, um, Think Big Academy, um, what are some things, because I know it's, it's, it's a, unique, a unique program that, you know, you focus on each student that you work with. Um, if a parent um, decides that they want to register, what is it that, what, do you, what, what are some of the things that they will receive um, um, whether it's uh, communicating with you um, as a parent or with their children, what is something that's unique with Think Big Academy that is different from other schools? First, me. All right. <laughs> I think my approach to education is so unique. Um, and before I probably would probably tell you, well, maybe this and that, but no, I think the teacher, the educator is so important, right? Because you can have all the all the other things and then not have an educator that's passionate. So you you will get an educator that is super passionate about what it is that I do. I enjoy what I do. And um, so, yeah, so that is one thing that you would receive, a passionate educator who has had experience in education and pretty much is very much aware of what the needs of children are. The second thing would be the tailor-made curriculum. Um, my curriculum is tailored to each child. An assessment is created, is done. And after the assessment is done, I pretty much come up with a plan to say, okay, we need this, your child to go from here to there. These are the steps that we need to take. And then after we have met those, after those um, goals have been met, then we move on to the next part, right? Um, most of the children in my class or that, that are enrolled in my school are learning to read. Yes, at three years old and four years old, they are learning to read. Um, and that's only because I'm just tailoring it based on where the child is or where the children are. Mm -hmm. Also the partnership. The partnership between parent and teacher, like mm. that is what is really um, creating such success within our students is that partnership between myself and the parents that I serve. I know that 
in this day and age with so many things parents are going through, I think having them know that they, they have an advocate, right, in me as, as their teacher, as their child's teacher, but also knowing that they're that I am their child's advocate, right? Um, basically letting them know what the needs of their child is and being able to work together to reach those uh, needs or meet those needs is just something that I know I've want, always wanted for my children. Um, and I've seen how successful it can be when that happens. So I believe those three things, I can keep going, um, <laughs> but those three things are essentially what um, makes Think Big Academy special. Awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, I promise I have just one last question at least for myself. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, I've met a lot of um, people, uh, especially more or so when they're in college or going going to college and some of them uh, choose to go to all black colleges or this mm -hmm. and Do you, based on your perspective as an as a teacher and I guess mm -hmm. as, a, as someone who's been in the in the field and working with the, that age range, do you believe that diversity in the classroom when it comes to people from different areas, different places, do you think mm -hmm. it, it uh, helps or hurt the lack or the or the diversity itself in the classroom when the kids get to see or meet other people or better when they have kids um you know that looks just like them instead or how mm. do you do the balance <laughs> with your school <laughs> mm, that's a great question that's a great question <laughs> i'm thinking as i am uh as i'm talking i'm thinking about the best way to respond um so the majority of my children are, um, are African-American um, and some are uh, even from the continent of Africa. So it's diverse in terms of Americans versus um, a different, they're on a different continent from different countries. Um, I, because I am an educator and I've seen sometimes a lot of our books and a lot of the focus are on, you know, different cultures. I think at this age, it's so important for children to see themselves in, in books, to see themselves in different, different ways, right? For them to know, to be proud of their skin color, to be proud of who they are. Um, so in my school, I am very much choosing books that are culturally diverse, but I also want to focus on their, them as a culture, as, as, as Black kids. I think it's just important to um, have them have that confidence <laughs> in knowing who they are and whose they are. So mm -hmm. when they are coloring, right, when they're, when they're coloring themselves, I literally let them know, look at your skin and let's look for the color in the crayon box that best matches your skin. For them, they would probably do naturally, it's innate for them to do a lighter color, but I remind them, look at our skin color and I want you to color um, your picture as close to your skin. You know, there are different shades that God has created us with. And I just kind of go into a whole thing. Even the dolls that are in our classroom, 
they are cult. We, we, they, it is culturally diverse. I not just only have a white doll, I have brown dolls and things of that nature because I feel like children at this age, it's important for them to see themselves in places and to hear and to know how beautiful and amazing they are as humans, but as black children. So to answer your question, how important it is, I think it's, it's super, super important, but there is a balance where as an educator, I have to show the diversity that exists outside of my classroom um, and them being able to respect and, 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 and to, um, to not look down on anyone based on that, on their skin color, anything like that. Uh, but I do very much heavily um, want to emphasize how beautiful they are as black mm -hmm. children. Because uh, I think it's needed. And yeah, I hope that answers your question. Oh, it, it did. I, it did. I, I'm always very curious. This is because I know some teachers are comfortable with one side or versus the other side or just uh, the, you know, the mixture itself. But it's just mm -hmm. a matter of because the thing is, if the, uh, someone's perception is on one side versus the other, we know there's a side that's going to suffer more. You see what I mean, and and, and uh, I remember speaking to this uh, to this guy. He used to be a teacher for actually fourth grade, fourth fifth mm -hmm. grade, and um, he's a he's a white teacher who had mm -hmm. who had all black students, and mm -hmm. and when he you know when when you know they were they were studying about everything and everything was fine until the question about the slave trade came up, and mm -hmm. now he felt stuck. He's not sure how to answer this. He wanted to give it the 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 respect it deserved, but at the same time, he didn't he, you know, he didn't want them to feel like you know things you know like he's the white man that's over the you know the sea of black children, mm -hmm. so they wouldn't feel indifferent. So mm -hmm. basically, at the end of the day, he thought about it, thought about it, and he just dodged the question. So mm -hmm. I tend to ask people that just to, mm -hmm. you know what their perspective is just um, how they deal with it when something like that comes up. Um, so as a black person, when I teach, I have a diverse class and it's a lot easier to, for us to answer that question when it comes to that. But some some people feel different about it. So any thoughts on that, Edson, as far as your um, your experience in the in the school about that? Um, at the school that I, at the school that I work at, um, I think that um, the percentage of black students is about 5%. Mm. And so um, before I was there, um, the only other black male who's still there is a custodian. Wow. And um, we have other uh, individuals at the school, uh, maybe two others that are black women, but they don't work in the classroom. Um, currently we don't have any um, um, black or brown teachers at the school. Mm -hmm. um, but out of the amount, like I said, about four to five percent of our students. So um, many students, maybe um, some of our black and brown children, it just may be one of them mm. in a class of 25, 26, 30. Mm -hmm. um, so it's tough. I, I have to look it up, but I think I, I look and you, could, you guys can um, look it up as well to, 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 to make sure this is correct. But I think I looked and I said, what's the percentage of Black educators in America, if I'm not mistaken, it's only seven, eight percent. Really? Mm -hmm. Educators? Yeah. I, 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 for some reason, I looked up on, on Google. I don't think the number's high, 
in I think general, so. all age range or all, all levels? Really? In, ge in general. <laughs> I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, I think Yeah, that's general. surprising. Yeah. I want to say thank you because you, yours, you know, the way you talk about this is not only you're passionate about it, and I, I do wish every teacher. I, I remember one of the, when I used to teach college, I used to teach a child development uh, courses. Mm -hmm. And some of the students would come to class and I tell them if I have a kid, I want them to feel comfortable that, you know, if I walk into a school and I see you as the head of the school or the, te or the student, I mean, mm -hmm. or one of the teachers, feel comfortable leaving my kid there. But if you guys were not passing the class, I'm walking out with my kid. Yep. <laughs> when, you know, but, you know, when things, you know, you're sort of hoping that everybody who's going in that field have that passion for it. And that's why I asked earlier because I've met people who have been teaching for years who don't care about the profession or the job itself. And some who are going in the field and they just can't, they don't have the pa the passion or the patience to mm -hmm. do it. But yet they're going with it because it seems like an easier thing. When in reality, mm -hmm. it isn't. I taught college and I had to stop teaching freshmen because I feel like oh, they're too childish for me. So, <laughs> so I I definitely couldn't go any lower, but I do understand, you know, when those and someone do have the passion and they feel like that's where they get, they they you know they, that's that's the thing they dream, wake up and go to sleep. I would definitely trust my kid in, in that in that person's hand. And if mm -hmm. parents can feel that passion, your voice just like I'm I'm listening to it and looking at it. I mm -hmm. think they should definitely take a chance and you know and look you up before we Absolutely. we try to close out. Where do they, can they find you both on social media website or anything like that? Absolutely. So on social media, um, Instagram, I believe it's the Think Big Academy. Um, that's the handle on Facebook. It's Think Big Academy as well. I don't have currently. I don't have a website. I do have a. I guess it, it's kind of like a website, but there's not much information. Uh, but you, they can definitely email me at uh, Think Big Academy, excuse me, Think Big Preschool at gmail.com for more information or just to ask or inquire. Um, I'm definitely uh, willing and <laughs> willing to um, accept any um, anyone's inquiry um, regarding uh, Think Big Academy. All right. All right. All right. Anything else you want to add before we wrap up? That's it. Oh, I'm going back to what I was saying. So in CNN, mm -hmm. it first it said that the percentage of black males, black men, was, black males. It was, it said 2%, said 2% of black teachers were males. Mm -hmm. And then overall, so what's the percentage of teachers that are black in America? And it says 10.1%. Wow. wow. That, that is extreme. That's on Google. It's on Google right now. 10.1%. Black so, so going back to being thankful, you know, we're, we're truly thankful for for Carlene and Think Big Academy, um, thinking out the box, um, um, trying to add on to the percentage, because we know that our black and brown children um, need that support, that encouragement to see someone that looks like them, um, because it makes a difference not only in how they learn and what they learn, but to realize that someone that looks like them um, can't help them to realize that not only can they think big and think out the box, but they can think greater than what anyone else can ever dream of. And so 
Um, again, we're, we're truly thankful for you, Carlene, and we, we pray and we support you. Um, uh, we hope that all of our listeners, anyone that's interested, please reach out. Um, hopefully, um, you know, they can learn, they'll learn and, and, and their children, um, anything that they can ask, I'm sure they'll reach out. So um, please, all of our listeners, if you've heard the information, please reach out to Carlene. She's a great help. She's a great asset. And um, we hope and we wish the best for you in this, you know, this school year and all the future years ahead. Um, we hope that every child that walks into Think Big, um, they leave out there better than how they were before they came in and to their parents as well. Um, to our parents listening, um, please um, do yourselves a favor as Carlene shared and make sure that you team up with your, with your teachers. Make sure that it's a, um, a co-relationship with teaching because the teaching doesn't stop, education doesn't stop in the classroom. It continues mm -hmm. on at home. And so um, please um, do yourself a favor and your children that same favor of being there for your children on that level so that not only will they be successful from the education, but also in the social and emotional aspect because that's so important. Mm -hmm. Any last words, uh, Ms. Carlin? Yes. And I just want to say this conversation was amazing. And I'm just so grateful for both of you for this platform that you've created um, for me to be able to speak and to talk and for us to have this great conversation. I'm truly, truly uh, forever indebted to you guys and appreciate, appreciate the invitation to come here and speak with you and your audience. So best of luck to you guys. I should just say luck, but bless, best of blessings on blessings to you and your continued work in this space. Awesome. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll come back. Um, Absolutely. Next again. Absolutely. Please, please. Thank you. And, and, you know, it's always a pleasure having someone of your caliber to come grace us with the present and presence and help out the audience by not only even if it's just listening to your theories, the way you uh, you practice uh, your craft, the way you talk about your your kids, hopefully that will you know imprint something in everybody's uh, in everybody's mind and help them moving forward. Whether they call you tomorrow or they call you in ten years to give you credit for something you said in the air, hopefully mm -hmm. there it will be something positive. And to our audience, we want to thank you for listening. We wanna, um, we're hoping that you not only take out these words, but you share it with other people you know that may be, um, that may, they may find it useful. Uh, as usual, you are remarkably made. I am remarkably made. We are remarkably made. And therefore, it's worth living.